Welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We understand family was God's design, and yet, our families can often be the place in our lives where we're the most ungodly. In this podcast, we're hoping you find encouragement from God's Word, as well as practical ways the gospel can touch down in your own life, your home, and your family. We also hope to share some laughter, great stories, and let you know you're not alone, no matter your season or circumstances. Hello and welcome to the Family Huddle Podcast. We are a podcast of Grace Church and Family Ministries, and we are so excited to be with you today. We are Travis and Stephanie Armstrong, and because this is a Family Ministries podcast, every parent listening will appreciate this is in fact our third time trying to record this particular episode. We typically (laughs) record during the nap time of our youngest and Mm -hmm. He did not cooperate last time yeah. we planned it. So it's like he has this innate sense that mom and dad are working on something important. Exactly. And I should bother them. And I should get Can out of my bed parents? multiple times for no reason at all. So <laughs> here we are in an office in a very small window trying to just get it done. I would not be surprised <laughs> if a little hand starts knocking on our door somehow. <laughs> somehow. He sneaks out of his he'll class fi- and gets find out there. us. <laughs> <laughs> well, we are going to kick off here. Um, our third episode in the series, and part two from last week. Last week, we talked about Lot and Abraham, and we talked about Lot as an example of what happens um, when we drift Mm -hmm. from the Lord, right? We're in a series where we are talking about finding our footing as a family in an ever-changing culture, and Lot was an example of somebody who lost his footing and drifted toward culture and away from the Lord. And one thing that oftentimes we fail to recognize is that there's a drift, there's a current to the culture, and it will suck us into its ungodly vortex if we're not careful to have an ever-present infinite personal reference point, which is God himself and his word, so that we always can keep our bearings because there's going to be things that are going to cause us at times to lose our footing. But thankfully, we can be rooted and secure in His Word, and that is a stabilizing effect when the prevailing winds of this world beat against our lives. Absolutely. So last week, we said was part one, because we wanted to look at somebody who maybe lost his footing a little bit, and then, mm-hmm. praise God, God used Abraham, the prayers of Abraham, um, as part of His rescue plan for Lot. But now we're going to look this week at um, some young men who actually um, kept their footing yeah. in a rapidly changing circumstance for them in a pagan culture. Yeah, and praise God, they held their ground. Um, and we want to we want to look at how they did that. But we also want to remember more than anything, while they did hold their ground, it was God in them that enabled mm-hmm. them to do that. Mm-hmm. He is the hero of their story as well. So who yes. are we going to talk about today? Yeah, I think in direct contrast to Lot, you have Daniel mm-hmm. and his friends, yep. Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, uh, oftentimes referred to as Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. Right. Uh, but those are they're Babylonian names, mm-hmm. not their Hebrew names, uh, which is interesting because if we look at the backstory of what occurred, um, you have these exiles. Literally, Babylon came in and deported after conquering and deported some of these Jews, mm-hmm. uh, some of them really good-looking, youthful guys to yep. be put into service for King Nebuchadnezzar. And so as you look at these guys, we have to understand, literally their world had been turned upside down. Yeah. And again, we're talking about guys who are like sophomores in high school. 
Wow. Maybe 15 or 16 <clears throat> years old who literally have witnessed um, probably the worst trauma yes. in their lives. Yep. Probably their families have been killed, right? Their temple where they've worshipped has been desecrated mm-hmm. and destroyed. They have lost a lot in life. Not only that, but they probably have lost much of their ability to have a future as a as a family, because each one of them in service to Nebuchadnezzar probably would have been castrated. Mm. I know that seems really crazy and severe, but most likely Nebuchadnezzar had a harem, and to protect that, most of these men would have been made eunuchs wow. in service to this Babylonian king. So you can just imagine the, the trauma and yes. the heartache and loss that they've experienced, and yeah. now they've been plunged into a very ungodly world. Yeah. Yeah. You know, as you say all that, I just think, wow, the sometimes we forget that part of the story, right? And how that must have felt not only traumatic, but so um, hopeless. Mm -hmm. Like I'm sure they were carried away and all of this was done to them. And they had to be thinking like, this is it for me. Like there is no future here. Right. Yeah. It's, it's all the more unbelievable when you hear what they withstood mm-hmm. um, as at such a young age, knowing the trauma yeah. that they had just been yeah. through. To imagine what it would take with regards to strength of character, yeah, and yet maintaining some sense of hope, yep, and what seemed like a hopeless situation is startling. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about um, what was done to them once they got to Babylon. Yeah. Like that's kind of the backstory of that's what was likely story. done. But then let's just really talk about what they were immersed in and then um, talk about kind of their response to it. And then we can sort of land the plane on how that informs us today yeah. and hopefully encourages us. Yeah. They they were entered into um, what I refer as Babylon U, <laughs> right? A three-year kind of brainwashing program where they're going to learn lessons on astrology and the occult. Right. Uh, The Babylonians were definitely into both of those things, which most likely would have included things taught to them on like sorcery, Satanism, voodoo, witchcraft, divination. I mean, we're talking about a lot of stuff. Yeah. A lot of things being thrown at them, a lot of dark things, Mm -hmm. a lot of things that are obviously anti-God. Yeah anti the scriptures that they would have known, mm-hmm. and yet they're bombarded with this massive amount of information. Yep. And so to be able to navigate all of that um, definitely uh, is what we learn of these men, um, because they did it quite well. Yeah, which is unbelievable, because again, they're young men. Yeah. <laughs> Imp- a- impressionable, no doubt, yeah. and they, they've, again, experienced a, a horrible past. Yeah. Um, in some ways, with Babylon coming and conquering. Um, and now they're in this foreign place, and now they're given, you know, pagan names. They've been thrust into service for a king who they do not like. Mm-hmm. And now they're also being forced to read books that they probably would prefer not to read. Right. And yet it's part of the program. Right. Which, you know, sounds a little familiar if you've got your kids um, in a public setting. Mm-hmm. Like, our kids are in a public school. Um, if you're at a public university, I mean, this is a similar reality for many of us, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think that's all the more inspiring um, that we can look to this account in Scripture, a real historical account, and see how even though all of these things were stacked against them, yeah, even still, God was enough 
right, in yeah. them to overcome and to stand firm. Yes, as he always is yes. and will be. And, you know, you think about how they had to under, undergo quite the, the change, mm-hmm. um, given new names. Yeah. The insidious nature of what Babylon was trying to do was to create, like, their own card-carrying members of Babylon out of the Jews. Yeah. Right? To get them to identify with the Babylonian way and mm-hmm. for them to forget their Bibles. So let's give you a new identity yep. and give you some new literature so as to maybe erase, cancel your past so that we can define who you are and write your future. Yeah. That's scary when you think about that, but that, that's, what's, that's what's happening. And it's a similar tactic that has been used throughout history, mm-hmm. right? Like Satan's ways are, you know, he's always scheming, but often it's just the same old scheme over and over and over throughout the generations. Yeah, yeah. And so when you look at these men, like what allowed them to remain resolute mm-hmm. in their convictions? What anchored their lives in the midst of the storm of mm-hmm. Babylon? What allowed them to maintain a sense of faithfulness in, 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 in walking with the Lord? And I think we see that in the very first chapter of Daniel, in particular with verse 2. It gives us great insight into what Daniel understood and how he saw his world and the world that he was living in. And it says this, And the Lord handed Jehoiakim, king of Judah, over to him, along with some of the vessels of the house of God, and brought them to the land of Shinar, which is Babylon, right, to the house of his God. We're talking about Babylonian God. And he brought the vessels into the treasury of his God. So what do we understand here? We understand that this is theology. Theology matters. It does. And it's huge. Because when we, we think about theology, its basic component and definition is a understanding of who God is. And because they have this understanding of who God is, they understand the world they're living in, right? When you come to know something about God, then you come to know and understand something about life. And you can't understand how to live life apart from understanding something about God. Yeah, so theology gave them a framework, right, to work within. And so theology enabled them to be able to not only know who God is, Mm -hmm. but also how to live. Right, right. And so it was. It, it anchored them, right? And and in understanding his sovereignty, that he's a ruler of the cosmos. Mm-hmm. He's the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He's above all, mm-hmm. and he actually is ruling in, in in planning out history, and it's going according to his purposes and plans, not according to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar is really just a pawn on the on the page, right? Right. It's God who is in control. Yeah, and I think when we think about theology, um, the thing that it does for us when we when we stop and we consider who God is, it lifts our head, mm-hmm. right? It helps us look up and see a bigger picture. And often when we're in a circumstance and we're in a traumatic thing and we're in a an environment where you know it's antithetical to everything that we have believed or who we are, it's so easy to keep our eyes down and like in that. And yet theology helps us look above and remember that no matter what we're in, God is greater mm-hmm. than all of it. And just like you said, the ruler, the cosmic ruler over all, which I think gives us hope, right? Yeah. Yep. And so it is important. And I think, you know, that's a that's a right there, that's a great teaching point for us as parents, um, 
that's a great actually thing for us in marriage. Mm-hmm. Sometimes the the circumstances we find ourselves in are troubling to us, yeah. and they're hard. And we were like looking for the way out, yeah. right, or the next best decision. And sometimes the very best thing we can do is just put a pause on all that and just simply stop and look up. Yeah. And remember who who is God mm-hmm. and can I trust him in this? Mm-hmm. And is he greater than this? And you know, the answer of course to that is a resounding yes. And <laughs> we may not feel that yet, but we need to, as the Psalms do for us, help command our souls. Yeah. To get under the authority of God. That's right. Right? And so no matter how we're feeling, we may our feelings might just need to catch up. Right. And we might just need to fix our will. Yeah. On what's true first. That's right. No matter what we're feeling or how we're reasoning in our own minds. Yes. Or um, you know, our history, whatever yep. whatever it may be, we have to like realign mm-hmm. and come under the authority of God's word mm-hmm. and recognize as Daniel did. No, it's the king of kings who's overall, and he's the one who establishes kings and disposes kings. Yep. He raises up kingdoms and he brings down kingdoms. Yes. I remember a story about Napoleon when he was early on and uh, obviously victorious on the battlefield and quite prideful and arrogant uh, in his way. And he was asked a question uh, by some other general. He said, whose side is God on during a battle? Hmm. And Napoleon said, he's on the side with the bigger guns. (laughs) Interesting, later in life as he was dying of stomach cancer, literally eating him from the inside out, uh, he made this comment about the brevity of life. And this Napoleon said this when he was dying, man proposes, but God disposes. Hmm. A whole new perspective mm-hmm. on life. And I think Daniel and friends have an incredible perspective on life that kept them grounded during that time of Babylon. That's what they, you know, it's when we get into sin, it's not just the perspective, it's not just the sin we're going to get into, but the perspective we're going to lose. Yeah. And I think that's so true. In life yeah. we can lose perspective and these guys had the proper perspective. Yeah, so let's let's flesh that out a little bit because they had the proper perspective not only because of their view of God, mm-hmm. but they knew God's word. They knew God's word. And we know that because they knew that the diet mm-hmm. that was handed down to them, right? Mm-hmm. From um, Nebuchadnezzar what he wanted them to do went yeah. against yeah. what God had commanded them to do as the, the people of God. Yeah. And so, you know, I love that you just said that, that the perspective, we lose perspective in sin. Well, God's word is what gets our perspective back on exactly. track, right? Yep. And yep. so clearly they had been, they knew the, the word, they had had um, likely their parents, the religious community, whatever, had ingrained the word in them. Mm-hmm. And that word in them, you know, God used mm-hmm. to help keep them standing firm. That's right. In terrible circumstances. And so I think right. maybe let's just talk a little bit here about um you know we we did talk about this actually last week even the importance of the word mm. getting ourselves in the word mm-hmm. and getting the word in ourselves yeah. <laughs> and in our children, yep. right? And we just we cannot afford to we can't afford to go our own way. No. Because our own our own way is always going to leave a, lead us apart from the Lord. Right. We've got to have um, His perspective constantly, constantly speaking louder mm-hmm. than our own. Right. And so, you know, just as you as we kind of start to wrap up here, and 
think about how this applies to families and just um, the idea that we want so badly for our children, especially, and us as adults to stand firm in this culture today. Right. What are some ways um, that you think either theology, our view of God, or just scripture, what are some ways that we can just continually get that in our lives, Mm -hmm. into our hearts and minds? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think obviously the study of scripture is of huge importance. These young men knew the word of God because when they were confronted with this um, opportunity to eat the king's choice food, Mm -hmm. they realized very quickly, wait a minute, this goes against God's word in regards to dietary laws. Plus, we understand and know that this food has been sacrificed to a pagan god. We're not going to do that. Um, And so they knew the word of God. And that created a conviction in their life about how they're supposed to live. And they stood by that because something was sowed into their life, as you mentioned, early on in their family, from their parents, and from probably a lot of other teachers and mentors that they probably had in their life growing up. And what was sowed early on was brought to fruition in Babylon. And these guys had a personalized faith. They had made it their own. And the scriptures was the bedrock of their decision making. Because this is what Daniel said. But Daniel had already made up his mind, meaning before they arrived in Babylon. right, right. The mind was already set on what he was going to do and how he was going to live, and that was going to be based on God's word. That was going to be the framework. That was going to be the guardrails to keep him in balance. Yeah. And so we have to understand that before we get out there, yeah, a decision. A decision already, already has to be made. Yep. If you try to make a decision in the moment, yeah, you know it's it's going to be really difficult. Yeah. That's reminding me, babe. I don't know if you remember this or not, but um, we found ourselves in a situation with our kids years ago where we, um, it was one of the first times that they, we knew they were going to be confronted with um, a picture, a real life picture mm-hmm. of um, homosexuality, mm-hmm. right? And uh, same sex marriage. And we were, you know, your knee jerk reaction, I think, especially with young kids is to protect them, yeah. right? And we don't want them to know about that. right? <laughs> and I, I was feeling that way, like, ah, oh, we got to get them out of this and, you know, all that. And I remember your response to that, which I think was super wise at the time. You said, you know what, Steph, let's just be super intentional. This is real life. Like they're going to grow up and they're going to be exposed to this mm-hmm, stuff. And, mm-hmm. and yeah, we protect them at age appropriate levels. And of course, that's our job as parents, right? But you were like, let's spend like for however long, I think we, we almost spent probably a year in Genesis 1 through 3. Yeah, And let's just really... Make sure that our kids, we give our kids a great understanding of the origins and the beginnings where God sets very clearly distinctions between male and female, and he establishes marriage. And And that was wise because, mm-hmm. you know, they the, the power of the word is greater than any lie That's right. that will come against it, right? And so I think sometimes in, in this culture... It's a natural response because we're concerned, and the concern is well-founded to pull our kids from things mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. to isolate and insulate, um, and, and, and sometimes that is the appropriate response. Absolutely. But I do think that one thing that we can proactively do, though, is do everything we can to get Scripture in them mm-hmm. and to show them where God says yeah. what He says and yep. where He has established these things 
very clearly in his word so that they are prepared so that when they encounter it the next time, they know exactly what God has said. Mm -hmm. And that will speak louder than anything the world can say. Now, of course, the, the devil won't give up there. Yeah. But um, I just always, that I don't know why that came to mind, but that did calm me in that moment to realize, wait a minute, we have the truth. That's right. And it's greater than even this picture that they're being exposed to right. in this real-life scenario. Um, and so I think that's that could be a takeaway that we could um, encourage people with today is don't forget God's word is truth, mm-hmm. and it's been revealed to us. Yeah, and when we are intentional to be uh, to study it and to let it study us, that's right. Mm-hmm. God will use that, and He will help us, and He will help us make the decision before we're in the circumstance. But also, if we find ourselves in the circumstance, He will bring that to mind. That's right, and He will um, use the Holy Spirit, yeah, to help us and to warn us and to guide us. Yes, the Word of God protects, it provides, Mm -hmm. it guides, and it informs. And I think allowing our young people, right, our kids, Mm -hmm. to be able to wrestle with the truth and seeing something in this world that's contrary to the Word of God, to actually give them the truth and let them wrestle with that. And But I think importing into their lives at an early age the Word of God so they have that as a a weapon that they can use. Um, when this world comes against them. Because whether you're public school, private school, homeschool, I'm not saying all three of those things are, can be very good depending on the kid absolutely, that you have. Absolutely, absolutely. But eventually we can't protect them from this world. Yep. We're, we're going to have to cut them loose at some point. Yep. So I think as parents, we want to try to get the word into them. And I think you see the result yes. in the lives yes. of Daniel and friends. Yes. The word of God had been imported yep. into them. And it held. And it was it an anchor that held. It held, absolutely. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, as we close out, this world we live in, we understand, can be so confusing and chaotic with what we're seeing. We can lose our bearings and lose our footing really, really quickly. Yeah. And the illustration I love to use to really kind of cement this and maybe bring it home for all of us is I can remember when I was scuba diving in Florida mm-hmm. before I ever met you down in yeah. Naples. I've only and, seen um, the pictures. We were warned as part of our instruction in learning how to scuba dive in the ocean, um, that you can become disoriented really quickly. Uh, that would freak me out. Under I cannot the water. believe you did that. Yeah. You, if, the, if the water's murky, you can't yes. see the bottom, you can't see the top, and you can get disoriented and lose sense of direction. Yikes. And that can be a really scary and dangerous thing, and you can start to hyperventilate, and then that's a really bad thing. I'm hyperventilating um, thinking, thinking about, about that. <laughs> but it was a really quick lesson he goes, if you want to know and find your way in a world that seems chaotic and confusing and mm-hmm. you've lost direction, follow the bubbles. The bubbles are always going to lead you back to the surface. Interesting. And as you think about this, the Bible is like the bubbles. <laughs> it's always going to lead you back to the surface. Right. When everything is chaotic and confusing, yep. the Bible will bring clarity. Yes, Yes. To the world you're living in. Perspective. It'll be the proper lens yep. to see this world for what it really is. Yep. And so I think that's of huge importance yeah. in the day and age we're living in. Yeah. The Bible will never lead you astray. Yep. It'll always point you in the right direction. Yep. It is a lamp to our feet yep. and a light to our path. Always. Amen. I love that. Well, we hope today that this encourages you. Um, if you haven't 
read the the account of Daniel and friends, my, maybe this will be a good springboard for you to do that. And maybe even with your kids, if mm-hmm. you have kids that you know are facing things that, gosh, we didn't face as kids uh, growing up. This is a great account that you can read with them to even give them a picture of some some guys who got it right. And again, they aren't the hero, even yeah. though they got it right. God in them got it right. God is the hero. He is the the faithful one who absolutely never left them and came to their rescue when they needed him. Mm-hmm. So we um, would love to close in prayer as we always do. Do you want to do that, Trev? Yeah. yeah, let's pray. Lord, we thank you for the word of God mm-hmm. that's living and active and sharper than a two-edged sword that comes into our life, divided even to the very intention and thoughts of our heart, revealing who we really are and exposing maybe some of the darkness so that we can be rid of the lies and have the truth implanted. And the word that's implanted is able to save our souls. It's also able to give us firm footing in the midst of a world that's gone crazy and chaotic. So thank you uh, for the anchor Um, of our soul, which is Jesus Christ, and the word that is always true. Um, Truth never changes. It never grows old. It never fades. never becomes antiquated. It's always living and active and true for us today. So thank you for all our listeners. hope this is a great uh, source of encouragement as we all continue to try to live in this world in a way that is godly, in a way that uh, points people to Christ, uh, because in pointing people to Christ continually, Um, that will give us a fixture for our souls and our hearts and minds. Thank you for today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. As always, thank you, friends, for listening. We don't take your um, support and participation lightly. We pray every time before we record an episode that this would be an encouragement and a blessing to you. And so we pray that it has been that today. We are excited about what's ahead. We're going to continue on in this series, and we can't wait to get to our next episode with you. Talk to you again soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. And that's another episode of the Family Huddle Podcast. As Jeff mentioned, towards the end, we are so thankful that you choose to tune in and spend a little bit of your week with us as we roll out these episodes. We don't take it lightly. Thank you. Um, As I mentioned pretty much every week, um, if you would like to get a hold of us or contact us, you can find us on Instagram or Facebook. Look for Grace Church Family Ministries. Um, You can also pop on grace.church and head to our webpage or find a way to email us. Um, And again, comment on social media. We'd love to hear from you guys. Let us know how you've been encouraged, challenged, if you have questions for us or would like us to pray for you. Um, We hope that the episodes are full of hope and truth, but Um, As a Family Ministries team, we also want you to know that we're available and here for you as well. So don't ever hesitate to reach out. And yeah, hope that this episode was just so encouraging. I feel like um, I just keep thinking of that analogy that Travis talked about, follow the bubbles. I just think it's really easy to get clouded in our thinking and in our vision and even feel overwhelmed with all the different things to sift through and think about. Um, And the Word of God really does provide truth and clarity. So if nothing else, just head back to the Bible and what does the Bible have to say about whatever it is that's going on in your life. So thank you again for spending time and we will see you soon. Mm -hmm.